Hello. Thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, Chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board. And I'm Elliot Berman, our Creative Director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global financial crime prevention community. Hi, John. How are you today? Hey, Elliot. It took uh, quite a while this time, and it must be, I'll blame it on COVID, since, as you can tell from my wonderful voice, uh, I was able to put it off for two and a half years, but uh, came down with COVID the other day, so we're going to push on and still have a conversation. Okay. Well, and I think um, we've got something really interesting to talk about. So I am assuming that you saw that a bipartisan uh, group in the House have uh, proposed to attach the Enablers Act, which we'll talk about in a minute, to the National Defense Authorization Act that's moving through Congress. Yeah, I did. And it sort of came out of left field. I'm sure, obviously, congressional staff were well aware that this was going on. But uh, I was not till I saw a story, frankly, in the Washington Post that reported on it uh, getting attached. So this bill, as you know, was introduced last year, and it has similar uh, provisions to what was in AMLA, but some vastly different ones as well uh, that I know I know you were focusing on. Yes. So uh, let's put something out of the way for a moment. Just like the Patriot Act, the Enablers Act is actually an acronym. And I'm going to try to read it with the proper emphasis so it makes sense. It's an acronym for Establishing New Authorities for Business Laundering and Enabling Risks to Security Act. Um, And it covers some interesting things. So as you mentioned, Uh, There are some parallels and actually overlaps with AMLA. It would extend the anti-money laundering programs in the Patriot Act, um, including the related regulations to or require related regulations to the following area groups of folks. So persons uh, who trade in works of art, antiquities or collectibles. As we know, the antiquities and collectibles component is in AMLA persons who provide investment advice for compensation, uh, which is a a significant hole in the current regime that has been discussed for years, attorneys, law firms, or notaries involved in financial or related activity on behalf of another person, Uh, certain trusts and company service providers. Uh, Again, that's a, a hole in the process that was identified in detail in the Pandora Papers, Uh, certified public accountants and public accounting firms, certain trusts, uh, oh, I said that, certain trusts and company service providers, sorry. Uh, Persons enabled, engaged rather in business of public relations, marketing, communications, or other similar services in such a manner as to provide another person anonymity or deniability, which um, is extraordinarily broad, and then persons engaged in the business of providing third-party payment services. Um, Now, many organizations, uh, financial services companies already do that, but there are others um, that are not currently covered that would be brought in. So that's a big new group um, that have thus far been outside the scope of the Patriot Act. 
Yeah, that's true. Um, you know, you and I talked offline about art dealers and antiquities. And so why is that in there if AMLA had the antiquities covered and they're going through rulemaking and art is uh, was the subject of a study? But it could be that it's going to require those entities to report suspicious activity because the way the re- I have to go back and check, but the way the law was crafted under AMLA, I don't think it necessarily resulted in antiquities if covered under the BSA that they would have saw reporting requirements that's sort of yet to be determined so maybe this is a way to say when you go through that process you have to make sure that they're reporting suspicious activity to treasury i get it's an educated guess but that would seem to be the only reason why they haven't yet decided to amend this uh, or it could just simply be a timing issue right um the interesting thing i think about this is not the Enablers Act itself, which you already mentioned, was actually introduced in the House last fall. But more interestingly, uh, connecting it to the National Defense Authorization Act. Now, um, uh, if for those of our listeners who were with us back then, um, that is actually how AMLA came right. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was attached. Um, uh, that uh, Defense Authorization Act um, was the one for 2021, uh, and actually unusually passed in 2021. Usually they're done by the end of the preceding calendar year. Um, uh, but in the, in that case, I think it was very early January when it was adopted, but it certainly gives the enablers act, um, I think a better chance to be adopted um, because in the end, an NDAA always gets adopted. And so, you know, um, it's, a, it's significant leverage um, to get this piece front and center with direct consideration because it's attached to something that everybody knows they have to pass. Right. And it's bipartisan, as, as you referenced. So that gives it addi- additional inf- uh, uh, emphasis in addition to it being in the NDAA. The fact that it's bipartisan right. means that, that it's got a good, good chance of making it through the process. Yeah. Um, you know, it's still subject to refinement. Um, we saw AMLA when it was initially attached to uh, the 2021 NDAA. Um, go through some amendment through, you know, the, the legislative negotiation process. Uh, I would expect that, uh, that there will be some proposed amendments. Uh, don't know what they will be, but you know, uh, this is, this is when the actual legislative process kicks into gear because when the enablers act was, um, was initially introduced in the house, um, there wasn't a ton of movement. I believe there was a hearing, but John, you can correct me if I'm wrong about that. Um, but, uh, uh, and, and while obviously there are constituencies that are covered by this, uh, the Enablers Act, it is, you know, it's a more difficult argument to make 
when you're talking about an anti-corruption bill um, that a group shouldn't be covered. I'm not saying it's impossible, you know, that it's impossible, but it's, you know, it, it's, uh, it's kind of hard to say, you you sort of almost have to prove the negative, you know, we're not involved in any, nobody in our industry is involved in corruption, therefore don't include us. That's, um, you know, that's a tough argument to make. Right. And as we know, our colleagues in the legal profession um, have adamantly opposed being being part of the BSA from from the, this perspective. Obviously, they they advise clients constantly, but th- this will be interesting to see what the American Bar Association and others say about that. So there'll be some heavy lobbying, I would imagine. Yes, and we um, we would not be the first um, country to right. know, bring bring attorneys and accountants in under a. Um, anti-corruption reporting regime. Um, UK has it um, and other countries. So we would not be breaking ground here. But you're right. It will be very interesting to see um, uh, the provision bringing lawyers and law firms in is not broad in the in the sense that it doesn't cover everything they do. Um, but it, you know, it is more than the proverbial camel's nose under the tent too so i expect there'll be a lot of conversation yeah the last thing i mentioned is the international consortium of investigative journalists wrote a piece on this and they point out that real estate is not included so you can imagine there'll be more i know i know fincent is looking at the real estate industry in in an advanced notice proposed rulemaking but it'll be interesting to see how that gets covered if it does Yes, agreed. And that could be in the amendments. Uh, right, right, right. So, all right. Well, I hope you feel better. Um, get better soon. And uh, I'd like to uh, uh, wish you a good 4th of July. I think 4th of July, in many ways, is taking on a different meaning than uh, maybe I thought it did all the years I was um going to picnics and not thinking about what it really meant. There's no question. And uh, I apologize to our audience for having to listen to this voice, but hopefully by next week, it'll be better. (laughs) All right, John, have a great weekend and a great holiday. And I will talk to you next week. Feel better. Yeah. Thanks. Talk soon.